Today on the Matt Wall Show, the media will stop at nothing to distract from the Hunter Biden scandal. They somehow managed to stoop to a whole new low this week. You wouldn't think it's possible, but they did. Also, five headlines, including Joe Biden giving his fullest answer yet on the court packing question, and it's not a good answer, and uh, a deeply offensive ranking of Halloween candy that we have to discuss. And in our daily cancellation, uh, I'm going to cancel everyone once and for all, all people, all of us, and I have been given no choice. I'll explain why. All that coming up, but first, I can't emphasize enough the importance of protecting yourself when you're online. October is National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, a collaborative effort to make sure every American has what they need to stay safe and secure online. Individuals and organizations are being reminded, if you connect it, protect it. You know, easy to remember, easy to do also. Um, and uh, we are all encouraged to take proactive steps to enhance cybersecurity and protect our part of cyberspace. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Every day we put our information at risk on the internet. You could miss a lot of the different threats that are out there by just monitoring your credit. So you got to do more than that. LifeLock does a lot more than that. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats like your social security number being for sale on the dark web. Uh, no one, you know, it, it, and, and they do much more than that, but no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. LifeLock, though, can see threats that you are probably going to miss on your own. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year. Go to lifelock.com slash Walsh. That's lifelock.com slash Walsh for 25% off. You know, we on the right complain about the media a lot. Conservative commentators like me especially complain about it. Justifiably so. They deserve all the criticism and then some. But I'm afraid that the constant stream of complaints prompted by a constant stream of offenses worthy of complaint have made us so numb that we can't appreciate the magnitude, the severity uh, the perhaps historic significance of the evil being perpetrated by the media right now as we speak. Which isn't to say they're behaving worse now than they've ever behaved before. After all, just in the last few years, we've seen them uh, do many things. Try to ruin a teenage boy's life for wearing a MAGA hat and smiling. We've seen them orchestrate, of course, a ruthless smear campaign against a Supreme Court nominee, and not for the first time. Uh, in the last few months, we've seen them intentionally foment race riots, directly on the heels of them helping to push lockdowns that put millions of people out of work and add that to the various hoaxes they perpetrated in order to um, in order to try to take down the Trump administration, it becomes clear why it's so hard to be shocked or appropriately outraged by what these people do anymore. But let's not allow that to overshadow what has happened in the last several days. And I won't even spend much time on the sideshow of the media coming out in defense of Jeffrey Tubin, who, of course, masturbated in front of coworkers during a Zoom meeting. There have been multiple media personalities and outlets who have outright defended Tubin, including this Daily News, um, New York Daily News article claiming, quote, Jeffrey Tubin's history of bad sexual judgment is really about our unease with masturbation. And it continues. But I'm guessing you do the same, dear reader. Maybe you should stop feeling weird and guilty about that. This is from Jonathan Zimmerman, who is telling on himself more than anything. No, Jonathan, I do not expose myself during Zoom meetings. Um, I think most people don't. It's never happened on any Zoom meeting I've been a part of, thank God. If you do, you should indeed feel guilty and weird about that. Of course, the problem here is that Tubin pulled out his tube during during a work meeting. He, you know, he, he didn't... Um, he didn't think the camera was on, but even so, why are you doing that then during a work meeting? This is certainly worse than anything Louis C.K. ever did. Louis C.K., at least, according to the stories, asked for consent before he engaged with himself, and he did it in private. 
which is more than could be said for Tubin. Yet Tubin has media defenders. Louis C.K. had none. Why? Well, even though Louis C.K. is a liberal, Tubin is one of theirs. He belongs to the media. And more importantly, he's seen as an important cog in the machine to defeat Trump. As a Toronto Star article directly argued, saying, quote, the country needs him. So we can't afford, afford to worry about him masturbating in front of coworkers. But this, as I said, is a sideshow for the most part. More important than Tubin's antics is the bombshell scandal surrounding Hunter Biden, who has been getting up to antics of his own, uh, antics that include perhaps potentially money laundering. Fox News reported yesterday, reading now uh, from the Fox News website, the FBI's subpoena of a laptop and hard drive purportedly belonging to Hunter Biden came in connection with a money laundering investigation in late 2019, according to documents obtained by Fox News and verified by multiple federal law enforcement officials who reviewed them. It is unclear at this point whether the investigation is ongoing or if it was directly related to Hunter Biden. Multiple federal law enforcement officials, as well as two separate government officials, confirmed the authenticity of these documents, which were signed by FBI uh, Special Agent Joshua Wilson. Wilson did not immediately respond to Fox News' request for comment. Um, one of the documents obtained by Fox News was apparently designated as a, quote, receipt for property from which details from the Bureau's interactions with John Paul MacIsaac, the owner of the Mac shop, uh, who reported the laptop's contents to authorities. And so that's, that's the Fox News report there. Speaking of confirming authenticity, Hunter Biden's business partner, who is by no means a Republican operative, has now also come out and confirmed the authenticity of the emails that were first published by the New York Post, for which the Post is still, by the way, locked out of its Twitter account last I checked. But he's come out and confirmed it. Again, reading from Fox, it says, Tony uh, Bobulinski, who was listed as the recipient of an email published by the New York Post that appeared to detail a business arrangement involving a Chinese company and a members of the Biden family, has confirmed that the email is genuine, provided more information regarding the Biden's role in the deal. The email includes a note that, quote, Hunter has some office expectations he will elaborate. Proposed equity split references 20 for, quote, H, and, quote, 10 held by H for the big guy, with no further details. The reference to the big guy in the much-publicized email is, in fact, a reference to Joe Biden. This is what Bobulinski said in a statement to Fox News. Bobulinski said, uh, said he is the CEO of Sinohawk Holdings, which he explained, quote, was a partnership between the Chinese operating um, through CEFC Chairman Ye and the Biden family. He said he was brought on as CEO by Hunter Biden, um, who was listed as, uh, and James uh, Gilliar, who was listed as sender of the email. Bobulinski went on to say he does not believe Joe Biden's past claim that he and Hunter did not discuss uh, his son Hunter's businesses, claiming that Hunter frequently referenced asking him for his sign-off or advice on various potential deals. So there's no way to get around this. The emails are real. It's, it's been confirmed by one of the guys involved in the email exchange. What else do you need? Uh, and that would be proof enough, but it's not even the only proof. The fact that the FBI is investigating the laptops is also evidence that the laptops, well, exist at least. Yet the media has been involved in a wide-ranging, concerted, choreographed effort to blatantly lie about this story, cover it up with a big help from, big helping hand from big tech. And then yesterday, finding new lows to sink to somehow. Many media outlets all at once try, tried to discredit Rudy Giuliani, who's the man, of course, who ob obtained the laptops, started running with a story that the new Borat film, which comes out tomorrow, 
catches him in a, in a hotel room with a, quote, underage girl touching his genitals. That's what the media reported. Sounds pretty bad until you realize that it's a total fabrication, as Rudy himself said. But don't take it from Rudy. Ben Dreyfus, editorial director at Mother Jones, not at all a conservative publication, to put it mildly, looked at the segment in the film and said that the reporting is false. Straight up. It's wrong. He says, quote, I've now seen the scene with uh, Rudy Giuliani, and though it is creepy for other reasons, it is being described on Twitter in a false way. He does not have his hand down his pants in a sexual way. He is tucking his shirt back in after she untucks it, removing his mic. The scene is confusingly edited for comedic purposes, which makes sense since it's, this is a comedy film and not a 60 Minutes expose. It would be good to keep that in mind in light of the, flat, the um, flattening of media where everything can seem like everything else. Now, this all stems from a bit, if you can call it a bit, where uh, an actress pretends to be a reporter review, uh, interviewing Rudy in a hotel room. At the end of the interview, she suggests going back to her room for a drink. She flirts with him. He tucks in his shirt. Then that image is taken, used out of context. But the thing is, even if he was flirting back to her, who cares? The actress is 24. It's not an underage girl. She she was initiating. She's 24. Rudy isn't even married. So how would this be a scandal? How would this be remotely a scandal, even if he was doing what they claimed he was doing? Apparently he wasn't, but it wouldn't matter if he did. This was an attempt by Sasha Baron Cohen to simply destroy Rudy Giuliani in the name of comedy, comedy with scare quotes. That's, of course, how Sasha Baron Cohen's comedies work now. He tries and have really always worked. He tries to embarrass and humiliate people for his own entertainment. Often people who, unlike Rudy, are not wealthy or prominent. So Sasha Baron Cohen is a, is a rich Hollywood dirtbag who goes around trying to embarrass mostly poor people and middle class people for fun. Once in a while, throwing in a prominent Republican and then just straight up smearing them. I mean, you get what the what what the attempt was in this bit. It was just to is just to, to to flat out destroy Rudy Giuliani. That's what they wanted to do. Even if you don't like Rudy Giuliani, that's not that's not comedy. That's a that's a that's an attempted hit job, and it didn't work. And it never made sense anyway. Given again, this is a grown adult woman, uh, apparently flirting with another grown adult man. Man, neither of them are even married. Where's the scandal here? But this was all, of course, an attempt to distract um, from the Hunter Biden scandal. And the media will stop at nothing. Absolutely nothing. This is what happens when they, when they say that, that Donald Trump is as bad as Hitler and that his supporters are Nazis and white supremacists and racists. They mean it. They really believe it. And you add that to the fact that these are moral relativists who believe that the ends justify the means already. Well, when the end you have in mind is getting rid of Hitler, anything goes. There are, there are no moral qualms, no ethical standards. Do anything. And that's what we're seeing happen right now. And it's going to get worse. We can guarantee that over the next few days. Let's get to our five headlines. You know, as we talk about the craziness in the media and in the world generally, um, and all these companies and uh, various outlets that you can't trust, that's why it just it just again highlights and emphasizes the need to have some companies out there who share your your values and who are working on your side in the culture. And when when you find a company like that, you got to support them. And that's 
Really easy to do, fortunately, with Charity Mobile, the pro-life phone company. Look, 5% of your monthly plan go, pri, uh, your, your, of your monthly plan price goes to the pro-life, pro-family charity of your choice. Uh, and on top of that, so that's um, that's the, the the good deed that you're helping Charity Mobile do. Also, though, it's a great service. New activations and eligible accounts get a free cell phone with free activation and free shipping. Uh, there are no contracts. There are no termination fees. There's no none of those strings attached that you get with a lot of cell phone companies. And there's no risk um, at all with a 30-day guarantee. Plus, on top of that, if you have any issues, live customer service based right here in the USA. Uh, and a lot of other things, too. You get free usage alerts. You get you have the ability to block uh, use of cellular data, picture messages, text messages on any uh, or all lines on your account. So this is a good way if you have kids and they have a phone, you know, a good way to protect them as well. Um, but on, most of all, you're helping to build a culture of life in America while supporting a pro-life company. And like I said, it's it's a it's a win-win when you've got a good company and a good cause. And it's also up up to us to support those companies when we find them. And here's one right here. Call Charity Mobile at 1-877-474-3662 or chat with them online at charitymobile.com. Also wanted to mention, uh, by the way, you know, we, as we've been talking about this Hunter Biden laptop story that was buried by Facebook and Twitter and uh, big tech teaming up with uh, big media to cover this up. Now, personally, as I've said, I'm, I'm worried that the Hunter Biden stuff will not um, have the effect that it should. It won't resonate with the voters. I don't know, uh, but I, I, I have a, a cynical view, as I do in most things with this. But big tech's attempts to censor the story, I think that is something, especially that resonates with, vo- with voters, because voters are worried about censorship, and for good reason. Um, and you know, I think there's a role for the government to step in here, but you, you also have to balance that with having them involved in the dangers of getting government involved in anything. And so there's a lot to balance and think about. That's why this week, our own CEO, uh, co-CEO, Jeremy Boring, launched a new podcast titled Enough. In his first episode released yesterday, Jeremy takes on the leftist outlets trying to get conservatives kicked off of Facebook. This has been a, an effort, obviously, that they've been engaged in for a long time. Listen now at the link in the, in the description and subscribe to Jeremy's podcast to get his other his other rants about big government, big tech, Hollywood hypocrisy, anything else that comes to mind. Uh, it's a great podcast. Check it out. And if you like it, leave a review so it gets recommended uh, to more people. All right, we'll get to our headlines here. Um, as you can see, by the way, boxes. This is my last. This is our last day in this in this house, and so that's why everything is empty and very sad. Um, more about that later, though. Number one, a clip from Joe Biden that he posted, which is getting some attention. Well, I'll just, I'll just play it for you first. Watch this. America was an idea, an idea. We hold these truths to be self-evident. We've never lived up to it, but we've never walked away from it before. And I just think we have to be more honest and let our kids know as we raise them what actually did happen acknowledge our mistakes so we don't repeat them. Okay, Joe, first of all, no, America is not an idea. It's a country. It's a country founded on, founded on certain ideas, but it's not itself an idea. Uh, I, and I, th- this is not a, a pedantic point here. This is important. The left actually does want us to see America as an idea and not a country because that's how they justify rampant, unchecked immigration. That's, that's, that's how they do it. That's their line. They say that essentially as long as someone 
has the same idea, then they're already American. They're already part of the country. It's just an idea. But no, America is a legal entity. It is a country. And you know, one of the ways I know that is that because um, I have to pay taxes. And so do you probably. You don't have to pay taxes to an idea. You pay taxes to a country. And I'm guessing that on tax day, I can't refuse to pay my taxes on the grounds that ideas don't cause money. When the IRS comes knocking on my door, wondering why I haven't paid taxes, I can't like rip a bong hit and say, hey man, America's an idea, bro. Okay? It's just like an idea. Chill out, man. I, something tells me that, that that line of reasoning, that argument will not be persuasive to the IRS agents, but I don't know. Number two, from the Daily Wire says, CNN host Chris Cuomo was shamed by his building manager and threatened with a fine for disobeying regulations and walking through the building maskless. Fox News host Tucker Carlson released a letter that Cuomo's building manager apparently sent to the CNN personality on August 6th outlining the complaints against him. And uh, I'll play. This, this is Tucker reading the letter. Listen. This show has obtained a letter from the management of Chris Cuomo's New York City apartment building. The letter in question is addressed directly to Chris Cuomo. The date on it is August 6th, 2020. Here's what it says. Quote, Dear Mr. Cuomo, as I'm sure you know, because of the ongoing COVID-19 health crisis, on April 15th, 2020, Governor Cuomo issued Executive Order 202.17, which requires anyone over the age of two to wear a face mask or cloth that covers their mouth and nose while in a public space. Okay, that's how it starts. And it's a fair guess that Chris Cuomo already knew that because, after all, he's the mask guy. And, of course, his own brother issued the order. So with that in mind, listen to how the letter continues. Quote, you have been observed entering and exiting the building and riding the elevator without the required face coverings. Even though staff members have asked you to comply with this requirement, you have refused to do so. This is a violation of the executive order, building policy, and it places other residents and our staff at risk. There are no exceptions to this rule and you are required to comply. The letter goes on to threaten Chris Cuomo with a $500 fine if he continues to endanger his neighbors and the city with his masklessness. That's what the letter says. Yeah, no surprise there. Although I have to say, I do enjoy Tucker Carlson casually destroying Chris Cuomo on his show like twice a week now. It, it, I, I do enjoy it. Um, so it's a, someone has to do it. And with the mask thing, of course, as we've seen time and time again, pure hypocrisy, not just the mask thing, but lockdowns, everything. Uh, these people that are pushing it, they don't believe it themselves. They don't think that, they, that it applies to them. And it's really easy to support something like a mask mandate, a lockdown, when you personally are exempt, even if you're not really exempt. But if you feel like you're exempt and you're going to operate that way, then it's pretty easy to advocate it for everybody else. So more of the same there. Number three, back to Joe Biden. Um, finally giving his, I guess you could say his fullest answer yet on the question of court packing. It's still not really an answer, but it's the most we've gotten from him. Here's what he says. If elected, what I will do is I'll put together a national commission of bipartisan commission of scholars, constitutional scholars, Democrats, Republicans, liberal, conservative. And I will uh, ask them to over a, 180 days come back to me with recommendations as to how to uh, reform the court system because it's getting out of whack. 
um, the way in which it's ha being handled. And it's not about court packing. There's a number of other things that our constitutional scholars have debated, and I'd look to see what recommendations that commission might make. So you're telling us you're going to study this issue about whether to pack the court? No, whether there's a number of alternatives that are go well beyond packing. This is a live ball. Oh, it is a live ball. No, it is a live ball. We're going to have to do that. And you're going to find there's a lot of conservative constitutional scholars who are saying it as well. The last thing we need to do is turn the Supreme Court into just a political football. Whoever has the most votes gets whatever they want. Presidents come and go. Supreme Court justices stay for generations. It's getting out of whack, he says. It's all out of whack. The courts are all, to be clear here, um, when, when he says it's out of whack, what he means is that Republicans were able to confirm a few justices. That's, that's what out of whack is. The left's stranglehold on the court was broken, and so that means the court is broken. That's what out of whack means. That's what they mean. That's what the left always means when they say something is, is out of whack, broken, needs to be reformed. Desperate reform is needed. We need to change it fundamentally, fundamental change. What they mean is that in this particular area, things have not gone 100% our way. Uh, and, and so that's, that's always what they mean. We need to reform it because things have not worked out 100% how we want them to. The whole thing is broken. If this isn't working exactly how I want it to, then it must be broken. That's all, it's the only explanation I can come up with. Number four, the speaking of it not going how they want, the Senate Judiciary Committee today voted uh, 12 to 0 to advance Amy Coney Barrett's nomination, sending it to the, the Senate vote. Uh, I think they're going to vote on Monday, so to the full Senate. The reason it was 12 to 0 is that all the Democrats boycotted the vote. Poor guys. They're very upset. Their tummies hurt, and they just weren't going to show up to vote. I don't, I don't know what. So now it's a unanimous, now it's a unanimous decision to move her uh, nomination forward. That's how they, what are they even trying to achieve here politically and in terms of optics? You're upset. You can't really say why you're upset. Well, you don't like her because of her, her, uh, what you perceive her ideology to be. But all this stuff that they tried about how this, this is unprecedented. This is unconstitutional. Well, of course, that's ridiculous. So they couldn't come up with any good reason to boycott, but they did. Politically, though, all you have done is ensure that now we can say she was unanimously approved by the Senate Judiciary Committee. Good job, guys. Number five, finally, the, uh, the website 538 has published what they call the ultimate definitive Halloween candy power ranking. I don't know what method they used to arrive at this, but it is a, it is a fatally flawed method. I can tell you that. This is what their top 10, okay? Here's, her, here's their top 10. Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, Reese's Miniatures, Twix, Kit Kat, Snickers, Reese's Pieces, Milky Way, Reese's Stuffed with Pieces. Reese's Stuffed with Pieces. Um, peanut Butter M&Ms and Butterfinger. Payday Candy Bars, come, don't, don't, come, don't make the list until number 47. They put Milk Duds ahead of Paydays. And they've got nerds above Mike and Ike. Speaking of, speaking of out of whack, this list is out of whack. It's absurd. It's offensive. Reese's are way, way, way overrepresented. They're, they, they make up like half of the top 10, if not more. Which, of course, is to be expected for the most overrated thing on earth, potentially. If I were to make a list, my own list, of the most overrated things, period, in all categories of existence, 
It would probably be number one, Reese's, number two, Dogs, number three, The Beatles, number four, The Beach, number five, Star Wars. Those are the most overrated things, but Reese's is definitely at the top of that list. Peanut butter itself is overrated, but Reese's peanut butter isn't even real peanut butter. It's like some kind of factory byproduct with a vaguely peanutty flavor surrounded by stale chocolate. Snickers obviously is the best candy, just objectively and scientifically speaking. Paydays should be in the top five. Um, And if you've got a more mature adult palate able to pick up on the subtleties of flavor, uh, then you're going to enjoy Payday. Mike and Ike's are top five. Milky Way probably rounds out the top five. Kit Kats are great if you like the taste of cardboard. Uh, Butterfingers are very good if you're the sort of person who enjoys eating congealed, hardened vomit. Um, but it, it doesn't belong anywhere in the top 100 or anywhere else on earth, frankly. So this list is an abomination as expected. All right, we're going to get to our daily cancellation and it's an important one in just a second. But first, um, you know, it's, it's really important when you're making investments to hedge your investments with some gold, but it can also be really expensive to just go out and buy gold. So here's something new. You know how the price of gold has been skyrocketing lately? Now there's a new way to buy gold through a company called Acre. Acre lets you subscribe to gold bars for as little as $30 a month. You pay each month, and once your gold stash reaches the price of their gold bars, they discreetly ship Acre Gold to your house. So this is a great service. It's a new way of doing it, um, and it it makes it seem seem obtainable, whereas before it could seem like it wasn't. Acre lets you invest in physical gold without coming out of pocket all at once. Acre keeps you updated on your gold stash every month, and it ships once you reach the price threshold. With Acre, taking physical delivery of your gold means it's safe and sound and it's in your hands and you don't have to worry about it. Acre ships your gold directly and discreetly to your door. Um, and Acre just recently uh, introduced their new $100 per month subscription for their five gram gold bar. You wanna, you wanna check this out and use this. I, I, I know for me, I have uh, my, my, my vision for our new home and we have a new home in, Na- in Nashville. And I don't know if I'll be able, this might not be achievable, but of course, like any kid, I grew up wanting like Scrooge McDuck to have a whole room full of gold coins I could dive into. So maybe I can achieve that dream here. Visit getacregold.com slash Walsh and start investing in physical gold today. Make sure you, you go to this URL because Acre is giving away a gold bar. To qualify for the giveaway, tweet or post why you should be the recipient and mention at get underscore Acre. Again, that's getacregold.com slash Walsh. Uh, and uh, a big thank you to Acre Gold for supporting the show. We're excited about this new sponsor. Uh, another show coming up today, as with everything in 2020, you know, there's been a lot of drama about the presidential debates, but we're ready for the next and final debate, which is happening tonight. So join us at 8.45 p.m. Eastern, 5.40 p.m. Pacific for an all-new episode of Daily Wire Backstage to watch the debate with us, get our immediate live reactions. Uh, and even better, you could join Daily Wire now as an insider or all-access member and get 20% off with code DEBATE. So you can watch all debate coverage live on our Apple TV or Roku app. Members, of course, get all the, the perks we always tell you about, and they're great. You know, uh, all of our live broadcasts, the show library, three hours of Ben Shapiro show every day, uh, exclusive readers pass content. And if you're considering an all-access membership, you get to join our all-access live every day with one of your hosts where we have a kind of casual conversation that's a lot of fun. So watch the debate with us on dailywire.com, on YouTube, on Facebook. You can get it many places and get 20% off your Daily Wire membership with code DEBATE when you sign up today. Okay, time for our daily cancellation. Today for our daily cancellation, we're all canceled. Everyone, everyone's canceled. We're all canceled, enough is enough. 
The, re- the reason we're canceled is because a NASA spacecraft just yesterday landed on an asteroid 200 million miles away. It landed, touched down, collected samples to bring back to Earth. Uh, the, the spacecraft left our planet four years ago, has traversed that great distance, actually has been or- orbiting the, the asteroid for the last two years, and now will return home with uh, the mission completed. Now understand that this rock, about the size of the Empire State Building, is traveling 60,000 miles an hour. Just think about that. NASA sent a spaceship 200 million miles away. That's over four times the average, or, uh, or rather the minimum distance between Earth and Mars. They sent it 200 million miles to an object only the size of a building, landed it in an area the size of three parking spaces, touching down only three feet from the precise targeted location. That is an utterly amazing engineering feat. It's mind-boggling. It's spectacular. There's even a short video uh, footage of the event. Why does all this mean that we're canceled? Well, because instead of talking about that, about that tremendous and fascinating subject, we've all been talking about Jeffrey Tubin's penis and Borat and God knows what else. This is how it always goes. We live in a universe of wonders. We're surrounded by by, by the astonishing, the bewildering, the incredible. And none of that can hold our attention or attract our interest the way a story about a man publicly masturbating can or the way that any gossipy nonsense can or any pointless controversy. We all complain about this, though. I, I hear from people all the time, oh, I, I wish the news would focus on positive, interesting things more. People complain to me about it, about my show. Matt, I agree with you, but I wish you'd talk about positive things. No, you don't. No, you don't. You say you do, but you don't. We all say we do, but none of us really do. The fact is, the positive, the interesting, the non-controversial, these stories are out there. That content is out there. It just doesn't attract much attention. Unless it's a story about, like, a dog helping a blind man find his favorite hat, and there's a cute two-and-a-half-minute video we can share on Facebook. That story, you know, is positive, and the video would get 15 billion views. But positive and significant positive and consequential, positive and truly interesting, those are the stories that almost nobody really cares about, except in theory. And if I were to spend a week talking only about those kinds of positive stories, by the end of that week, I'd have maybe five listeners left. My audience would literally be cut in half. So we're all complicit. We prefer the inane, the empty, over the wondrous and the enthralling. Another example, last year, there was a picture of a black hole released. First time ever that a black hole has been photographed. You can see it here. Now, that is an object 55 million light years away. 55 million light years. A light year is 6 trillion miles. 55 million times 6 trillion. You do the math. I certainly can. And this thing is 6 billion times the mass of the, th- the sun. The word gargantuan doesn't begin to describe it. A force of power beyond anything we can imagine. Anything we've seen across distances too vast and too empty to be comprehended. This picture was released, and you know what most people said? It's blurry. It's blurry. It's boring. I'm bored. Let's see what Kanye West is tweeting about. But I suppose that's better. That reaction is preferable to when five or six years ago, a module was landed on a comet 300 million miles away. And the discussion around that event, if you remember, remember, centered around the allegedly sexist shirt of the scientist who headed up the project. At least nobody found a reason to be offended by the asteroid landing yesterday or the black hole. But I'm sure our best minds are figuring out a way to to make that happen. Now, I, I really believe, I really do, 
that aliens could land on this earth, emerge from their spaceships, and start revealing the secrets of the universe, and it wouldn't even trend on Twitter or make headlines on CNN unless the aliens said something homophobic or racist, or if they mentioned that they support Donald Trump. Then in that case, sure, global news. CNN's headline would say something like, aliens invade earth, stir controversy with offensive comments. Then there'd be the BuzzFeed article, replete with gifts and snarky one-liners, with a title like, 10 most problematic things the aliens said when they came to Earth. The aliens would look around, shake their heads, and say, holy shit, you people are stupid, and then leave. They were going to tell us how to cure all known diseases, harness energy directly from the core of the sun, but never mind. And after they leave, within 12 hours, the news cycle will have moved on. Three months later, someone will, 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 somebody will post a massively viral tweet that says, LOL, remember the time aliens came? And there'd be like a gif from Spaceballs or Mars Attacks. And that will be the only record of the event. Humanity's last word on the subject. So we're all canceled. We're canceled for being us, for being human. It's our greatest flaw. And on that appropriately dour note and depressing note, I will end the show for today. The last show from my home here, which is also canceled, uh, this studio. In fact, my first studio, uh, which would, of course, be my car, was hauled away to the junkyard just this morning. And now this. So this is a time of change. Of endings. And new beginnings. So that's going to do it for me. Have a great day. Farewell. Godspeed. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, and The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Wall Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical producer is Austin Stevens, edited by Danny D'Amico, and our audio is mixed by Robin Fenderson. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2020. Hey everyone, it's Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. The Joe Biden email scandal is looking more and more like the real deal. And as always, the cover-up is as bad as the crime. We'll take a look at that and we'll talk to the wonderful Jenna Ellis about the Supreme Court on The Andrew Claven Show. <laughs> 